You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 119, verse 121. We started last week and it says, I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. We said, number one, last week that David tried to do what was right. He said, I've done my best to do justice and to do judgment. I've done my best to do what's right. And friend, I want to remind you, that's the way that a Christian ought to live. Uh, don't, get, don't get sucked in by the world philosophy that you've got to uh, step on somebody and you've got to make somebody else look bad and you've got to mistreat people and you've got to lie and you've got to cheat and you've got to steal to get ahead. That's not Christian. That's not Bible. That's not what God's going to bless and God's going to honor. You say, but I know somebody at work and that's how they are. And boy, they've got to raise. Well, I sure wouldn't want to live with them. And I sure wouldn't want to be in their shoes and I sure wouldn't want to pillow my head at night knowing that I'd gotten those things by deceit or dishonesty or by deception. I'd rather go to sleep at night and know I'm right with God. I'd rather go to sleep at night and know that I've done my best to do what God wants me to do. And David said, I've done judgment and justice. He did what was right. Number two, we saw in verse 122, he said, be surety. He's talking to God. He's praying to God. He says, Lord, I need you to be surety for thy servant for good. He says, Lord, I need you to take control. I need you to take responsibility for me. Like we talked about somebody that would co-sign for another person. That is you taking responsibility for that loan or for that financial obligation. David says, Lord, I need you to be my co-signer. Lord, I need you. I need you to pay the bills. I need you to take care of me. I need you to be responsible to help me and to, to use me. And I'm glad that God does take responsibility for us. And God uh, meets the needs and God takes care of us. Number three, we see David's reliance. He says in one, verse 122, let not the proud oppress me. Now, David was a pretty mighty man. He was a powerful man. But he said, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting you to take care of those that oppress me, those that put pressure on me. God, I need you to help me. And I want to remind us tonight that, that you may be capable of getting revenge on somebody. You may have the opportunity to settle the score. It's funny, Brother Dan, in Sunday school this morning, he was talking about how um, he said, uh, this is what you don't do. He said, love thinketh no evil. But he said, sometimes somebody does something to us and we want to say, I'll remember that. I think that was how you said it too. I'll remember that. Meaning, I'll get you for that. Oh, you just better watch out because I'm going to get you back. Can I tell you, David says, I'm not trying to get anybody back. He said, I'm going to leave it in God's hands. I'm going to let God take care of those that oppress me. His reliance on God. Then number four, we saw last week the righteousness of God. Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. Uh, our righteousness comes from God. Our righteousness comes from the word of God. Then I want you to notice in verse 124, this is where we'll pick up this evening. David says, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. Verse 126, it is time for thee, Lord, to work. 
for they have made void thy law. Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. Lord, I pray you'd speak to our hearts. Give us what we need from the word of God this evening, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'd like for you to notice number five as we continue in this section of Psalm 119. Number five, I want you to notice the revealing. David says in verse 124, he says, Deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy. And he says, And teach me thy statutes. Did you know that this book right here is written by God? God's the author of this book. But we need the author to reveal it to us. We need the author to show us. And we need the author to teach us. And David says, Lord, would you please teach me thy statutes? He says in this verse, he says, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy. And I tell you, we need God to deal with us according to mercy. Boy, we mess up. We, by the way, we are servants. That's what he says. Hey, God, I'm your servant. I'm the one that's working for you, but I mess up a lot, and I don't know how to do a lot of things. And God, would you please deal with me according unto your mercy? We need God's mercy. We need God to teach us. I'm thankful that in my life, I've had some bosses who were patient and merciful, and they taught me how to do some things. I'm in the, of course, I'm in the ministry now. God has allowed me and my wife to be in the ministry full-time for 21 years. This may be 21 years full-time. I had the opportunity to work with my dad as an assistant pastor. My dad was my boss for three and a half years. He was the pastor, and I was his youth pastor. And I'm thankful that my dad was merciful. I'm thankful that he, he put up with a lot of stuff. There was a lot of things that I didn't know, but he would say, now, Jeremy, here's the way to do it. Uh, I had the opportunity for nine years to work with my pastor in California, Pastor Treber. Uh, he was very merciful to me. There was a lot of things that I'm sure I messed up, and he was kind enough and gracious enough to just show me how to do it. And uh, I've been here for eight years, and I've had a lot of on-the-job training here, and I'm thankful that God is still merciful. I'm thankful that our church is still merciful. I'm thankful that you have been patient with me and patient with my wife, and I thank the Lord for people that will teach and people that will train. I want to remind you that we should always be learning. We should always be students of the Word of God. We should always be under the teaching of God and His Word. We should always be listening. I think as Christians, I think we should always be hungry to know more about the Word of God. Uh, I, it blesses my heart. I hear people all the time talking about the radio uh, that we have, 95.9, and they'll talk about the, the winning side broadcast. We have it every day, Monday through Friday at noon. And I hear people that they've been in church longer than I've been alive. And they've been studying the Bible for, for so long, and they'll say, I'm learning from it. I, I'm getting some things out of it. And by the way, I'm still learning this book. And you'll never arrive. You'll never get it all figured out. I think it's great when people say, hey, I was reading this passage, and, and what does this mean? Because we ought to always be learning, and would you let God teach you? Would you let the Holy Spirit of God instruct you? David, a man after God's own heart, he said, Lord, I am thy servant. Verse number uh, 124, uh, uh, I deal with thy servant according to thy mercy, and teach me thy statutes. 
I wonder tonight, would you say that you know more of the Bible right now than you did five years ago? Would you say that you know more of the Bible today than you knew a year ago? Do you know more of the Bible today than you did six months ago? We ought to be growing. Uh, we ought to be learning. We ought to be allowing God to teach us. I encourage you to read more of the Bible every year. I encourage you to memorize more of the Bible every year. We see the revealing. David says, teach me. Then notice what, verse 125, we see a reminder. David says in verse 125, I am thy servant. Now he says in verse 122 that he is God's servant. He says in verse 124 that he is God's servant. And then he says it again in verse 125. He says, I am thy servant. You know, I think we need to remind, not the Lord, the Lord already knows, but I think we ought to remind ourselves that we are God's servants. Sometimes we think we're the boss, don't we? Sometimes we like to dictate and say, hey, God, I need you to do this, and I want you to do this, and you better do this, and if you don't do this, then I won't do this. Whoa, 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 back it up. Hang on. Let's remind ourselves that we are not the ones calling the shots. We are God's servants. David asks God, he says, I am thy servant. Would you please give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies? A servant should learn from the master. A servant should seek to do the will of the master. As servants, I believe we should seek every day to understand what is the will of God for our lives. And can I tell you, if you don't know the will of God, number one, the best thing you can do is to read the word of God. Because this book is going to show you what God wants. I'll tell you another way is just get busy. Get busy serving God, and the more you serve God, the more God will reveal to you. The more you obey, the more God will show you what you need to do next. Uh, but David says, Lord, I need a reminder that I am thy servant. Verse number 126, I want you to notice the reality. This verse is a, a verse that uh, I believe is so applicable for our time. I know it's so applicable for my life. But David says in verse 126, he says, It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. That word void, it means to render something useless or ineffectual. And David said there's a lot of people that are treating your word as if it doesn't even matter. And I want to tell you, I'm not talking now about the unsaved people. I'm talking about a lot of Christians today that they treat this book as if it doesn't even matter. You say, well, how do you know? Because they don't live by this book. They obviously, they're not reading it. They're obviously not reading it because they're not coming to church. They're obviously not reading it because they're not serving God. They're not living for God. They're not doing anything to differentiate themselves from the way that the world lives. Can I tell you, there's a lot of people that have made void the law of God in their own lives. But here's what David says. He says, Lord, it's time for you to work. Now keep in mind, David's talking in this section about how he is the servant. And the servant has to work and the servant must fulfill the obligations. But you know, there are some times where as the servant, there's something that you don't have the power to do. There's something that you don't have the authority to do. Think about it at your workplace. 
there are some situations that arise that you got to call the boss. Because the boss is the one that has the authority. The boss is the one that can make a decision. The boss is the one who can do something about it. And can I tell you, I think we're living in a day when the reality is we need God to do something. We've tried. We've done our best. We've fallen short. We've come up empty so many times, but we need God to work. Maybe you're here tonight and maybe there's a, a person that you love, a person that you know who is lost. And you've tried to witness to them. You've tried to tell them. You've tried to invite them to church. You've tried to share the gospel with them. And they just shut you down every time. Can I tell you what we need? We need God to work. We need God to do the miraculous. We need God to do the saving. We need the Holy Spirit of God to convict that lost person. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you're watching this service. Or maybe you're listening on the radio tonight. And maybe you've got a loved one who is backslidden. Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a brother, maybe it's a sister, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a grandchild, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a lifelong friend and you've got somebody that's backslidden and you've tried everything you know, you've tried to reason with them, you've tried to convince them, you've tried to invite them to come back to church and you've tried to get them involved again and it seems like everything you've done has fallen short. Can I tell you what it's time for? It's time for God to work. It's time for God to do what only he can do. It's time for God to do the impossible. It's God, time for God to change the heart. It's time for God to bring that prodigal son back home. Can I tell you, don't give up on God. Because when God works, that's when things happen. When God works, that's when the impossible is accomplished. Maybe it's your health. I was reading this week in Mark chapter 5 about the woman. The Bible says that for 12 years she had that infirmity and she, she got through the crowd and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and she was healed. But you know what it says before that? It says that she was sick for 12 years and it says that she sought unto many physicians. But here's the thing it says. She spent all the money she had. Boy, that sounds like health care, doesn't it? She spent all the money she had, and then it says this, and she only got worse. Now, I could see where it says that the problem just didn't get better, but her problem got worse. And the more money she spent, and the more doctors she went to see, the worse she got. Now, I'm not saying you can't go to the doctor, and I'm not telling you to just stay home and pray and never go to, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying maybe you've seen the doctor. Maybe you've been through all the appointments and maybe you've been through all those things and it seems like those things are not working. Well, maybe it's time for God to work. Maybe it's time to get back to old-fashioned prayer and fasting. And maybe it's time to get back and say, Lord, I've been trusting in this or I've been trusting in this, but Lord, I'm trusting you because it's time for you to work. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe your marriage is at a point where it seems impossible. It just seems like there's not going to be a breakthrough. It seems like there's nothing that you can do. Friend, I want to tell you, it's time for God to work. It's time for God to do what he can do. It's time for God to bring forgiveness and cleansing in your life. It's time for God to bring victory like only he can do. We've uh, participated in and we've observed tonight the Lord's Supper. You know, the cross was God working. 
The Old Testament, they had the, the priests. The Old Testament, they had the prophets. The Old Testament, they had all the sacrifices. The Old Testament, uh, they had all the law. But could I tell you, all those things could not do what the cross could do and what Jesus Christ could do. It is time for God to work. And David called upon God. He said, Lord, it's time for you to work. Lord, we need you to work today like you've never worked before. God, we need you. And the reality is, We need God today. We need God in our church. We need God in our homes. We need God in our lives. That's the reality. Notice verse number 127. David says, Therefore I love thy commandments above gold. I see number eight, the regard. David's regard for the word of God. He said, I love it. I love it above gold. Number nine is the reward. David said, my reward is not money. My reward is not treasure. My reward is not more gold for my my kingdom. He said, my reward is the word of God. I love it above gold. We see in this passage here that some had made void the word of God. But that had not affected David's love for the word of God. Hey, just because your family doesn't believe this book, don't let that affect your relationship with the Bible. Just because the people at work don't believe this book or don't care about this book, don't let that affect your love. Keep your heart right with God and stay in love with the Word of God. Stay faithful to the Word of God. If you love God, you'll love His Word. If you love God, you'll love coming to his house and being with his people. If you love God, and if I love God, we will keep the commandments found in his word. By the way, Satan hates the word of God. Satan will do everything he can to keep you from this book. Satan will twist the scriptures. Satan will mislead you as to what God said, but stay in the book. Verse number 128, we see David's respect. He said, therefore, I esteem. He said, I respect your precepts, all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. David said, Lord, I believe your word is right about everything. And I want to say tonight that God's word is right about everything. We don't pick and choose. Uh, We don't say, well, you know, I think the Bible's right about this, but I don't think it's right about this. No, let God be true and every man a liar. God's word is right about everything. That was David's respect. But then he says this. He says, and I hate every false way. That is David's resolve. He said, I hate every false way. That term, the false way, is found only two places. In the Bible, both places are in Psalm 119. It's Psalm 119, 104, and then right here in Psalm 119, 128. Can I tell you, if you love the Bible, you're going to hate every false way. You can't love the truth and love a lie at the same time. you gotta, you got to pick. It's one or the other. And David said, I love your word, and I hate every false way. Now, let's shift gears into the New Testament We know that Jesus Christ is the way. He's the truth and he is the life. The Bible says there is a way which seemeth right unto a man. Can I tell you, you don't want to go the false way. 
You don't want to go the way of the world. You don't want to go the way of the devil. You want to stick with the way of Christ. We see in Psalm 119, it talks about the way of thy testimonies, verse 14. The way of thy precepts, the way of lying, the way of truth, the way of thy commandments, the way of thy statutes. All in Psalm 119, it talks about the way, the way that you go, the direction you go, the path that you take. The book of Proverbs talks about the way of wisdom, talks about the way of life, the way of understanding, the way of the Lord. But David's resolve is this. He said, I want to go the way of the Lord. He said, I hate every false way. He said, I want to stay on the right path. And I want to go the right way. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.